You may be sitting here thinking, Ecclesia Wadis? There really is an Ecclesiastes. If you open your Bible, right about in the middle, you'll come to Psalms, go to your right to Proverbs, and then go to Ecclesiastes. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 12 through 17. And I'm, am I missing anything, Dan? Did I cover everything? Okay, just wanted to be sure. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom, and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his divine, inspired, infallible, and inerrant word this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for giving us this time, Lord, to come together in Christian unity and fellowship in your house today, your day. Lord, I ask if there's anyone here that doesn't know your, your son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior, anyone who doesn't have the assurance of salvation, that perhaps today would be the day that they would come to your saving knowledge and grace, Lord Jesus. For those of us that are your disciples and follow you, Lord, we need you now more than ever. And Lord, in this chaotic world, Lord, that is all about us, Lord, help us to remain uh, steadfast. Help us, Father, Lord, to have intestinal fortitude that we need to proclaim the gospel to a lost and dying and hurting world. Lord, we ask for peace, Lord, for our nation. We ask that you would uh, see to it for us to have reconciliation, Father. And Lord, we ask this uh, for we the people, but we ask rather more important still for your glory and your kingdom. Lord, I ask that you would be with this message today, Holy Spirit. That you would just uh, take it and plant it in fertile soil where it needs done and where it needs placed. And please be with me as your vessel. I can't do this without you, Lord. Please put the words in my mind and in my mouth. You'd have me to speak. Nothing more, nothing less. And Lord, we commit uh, this time to you. And Lord, we just ask that you would guide, bless, and keep. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's message is... Chasing the wind. Solomon's life was anything but boring. And by the way, I should have prefaced this that Solomon was the author of the book of Ecclesiastes, as, long, as well as the book of Proverbs, and as well as the Song of Solomon, or some refer to the Song of Songs. But his life was anything but boring. I don't think there were a whole lot of matters of life that Solomon didn't experience in one way, shape, or form in his lifetime. That was good, bad, ups and downs. He experienced it. He was blessed beyond, I think, his, anyone else, or our imaginations. Yet true in 
happiness and true joy seemed to be something that was elusive for Solomon to be able to obtain. He said in his own words that my life has been like chasing the wind. There's nothing wrong, folk, and we as Christians, there's nothing wrong for us to chase our dreams, but we can't waste our time in chasing the wind. And I believe that sometimes we do that very thing. Solomon's life was a whirlwind, a roller coaster ride, ups and downs, a journey on a road full of curves, switchbacks, and yeah, also speed bumps too. A life in a world that was his for the taking. It was a world that brought him fame, that brought him fortune, and also he was blessed with God and godly wisdom. If you remember, the father, Yahweh, asked Solomon, what is the one thing that you desire most in this world? And I'll give it to you. What did he ask for? Wisdom. wisdom, right? And God gave him that. He granted him wisdom. And he said, because you asked for this for my people and for my benefit, I'm going to give you every single thing else that you desire in your life. And he, God did that. But even through it all that Solomon had, he still lived his life out with way too much remorse, with way too much unhappiness. You can see through his words of the book of Ecclesiastes that he was depressed, and I think he felt he experienced depression a lot from just the words that he wrote down. Happiness and joy and fulfillment truly for him was like chasing the wind. Solomon used a word multiple times in the book of Ecclesiastes, and it was a word called vanity. Vanity means to have excessive pride. And we're going to see as we continue into the meat of this message that it was excessive pride that he had. And it was real vanity for him and by him. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we find that according to Solomon and the aspects of his life, the things that he believed had great value, he figured it out eventually that maybe they didn't have any value to him whatsoever. Or maybe they didn't maybe have any real value at all. It took him time, but he came to see what was truly important and what was of passing value in his life. It took him nearly a lifetime to figure it out, but he did finally get it. Now, I want to take a look at, at some of the vain aspects of Solomon's life. Now, first of all, now this wasn't vanity. We know this, this was from his heart. He asked for wisdom to be used in governing his people, in God's people, Israel. He was blessed with it beyond measure. He had godly wisdom to make godly decisions in his role as king. He had unmatched and unparalleled wisdom. Yet he was not always wise when it came 
to making his own personal decisions. And to me, that's very clear. He made some serious mistakes in his life, but he didn't use great wisdom on His errors and his mistakes and his personal judgment is what brought him that anxiety and despair and depression that he experienced. That wasn't God. God gave him all the tools. It was Solomon that used those tools, not as he should have. You ever hear the term, someone was their own worst enemy? I think that was Solomon. The wisdom that God gave him, that God gave him, was not part of the lamenting that we see here in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon's own vanity caused his need of proclamation that his life was like chasing the wind. Solomon owned that. Now what else was a part of his life that brought him despair and unhappiness and unfulfillment? Well, from Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and you have an opportunity, I'd like you to read that chapter in full. But this is what he said in his own words. His heart told him to pursue mirth and pleasure. Solomon said that in the end it was vanity. He said laughter was mad, as in crazy. And mirth, what did it bring? He said, I drank wine, but it was folly. And maybe he did that to drown out the sorrows that he, I don't know. But he said, it was folly, it brought me no good. He said, I made great works. I built great mansions and estates. I planted great vineyards and orchards. I made beautiful water pools and viaducts for my orchards and my um, gardens that I had made. I employed multiple and many men and women servants. I had vast herds of cattle and livestock. I attained earthly riches that were beyond my comprehension of silver and gold. I searched the earth and I bought and I acquired fine art and crafts from every corner of the earth as he would have known it to be. He said, I had minstrels and musicians, singers employed to soothe my troubled soul. He said, but there was one thing that always did remain, though. He said, and that was the godly wisdom that he had given me. So not all was, uh, was uh, lost or a vain. He said, God made me a man that was greater than any that had ever lived. Now, that sounds a tad bit uh, braggadocious in a way, but I don't think that's how he meant it. I feel he was give, trying to give the Lord the glory uh, for that. He said, anything and everything that I wanted in this world and in this life, I got it. I acquired it, and God blessed me with it. I obtained anything that would bring me joy. But that joy was temporary, Solomon said. And then one day, he looked about himself, and everything that he had done, Everything that he had acquired, he said, it's all been vanity. 
I have found my happiness in all the wrong things and from all the wrong places. Because everything that I just said to you, he said, it was just temporary. It had no lasting value when I look back upon my life. He wrote, it was all vanity. I had excessive pride over them and I forgot the things that were the important things in my life. He said, it's even gotten, it got to the point where it vexed my spirit. In other words, it all brought him annoyance, frustration, and it brought worry to his heart instead of joy and fulfillment and happiness. Solomon looked in hindsight upon his life, and he realized that it truly was the simple things that he had that brought him that true joy, happiness, and fulfillment that he obviously so longed for. To me, maybe some of those things were family. What had come between him and quality time and quality upbringing of his family. To me, maybe some of the things that he acquired caused enmity between him and the Lord. Maybe his faith suffered. Maybe his freedom suffered. He had more than the basic needs of life, didn't he? He had it all. But as his days began to close around him, he truly began to understand and realize that none of them, the family, faith, freedom and the basic needs of life is what truly made him happy when it was all said and done. I'm going to ask you this morning as an individual, think about your life. Because believe me, whenever I was writing this out, I, I was thinking about mine. But think about your personal life. What is it, or how do I want to say it? What is it, or what could it be that is truly important to you. Think about it. What are the things that are truly, truly important to you as an individual and as a Christian? Is it or are they the things that I just mentioned that Solomon said were, brought, that were vanity? Or are they the things that truly would have brought him and us Joy, happiness, and fulfillment, family, faith, freedom, basic needs of life being met. Evaluate yourself, folk. Reevaluate your priorities. Are they truly bringing you what you want? Are they truly fulfilling your life? If they are a passing value, then in the end, my friend, they're nothing but vanity to you and for you. They will bring you pride and dependence upon them. As you're thinking about your life 
into things of value or things that are passing value. What in your life, if you began right now to do what I'm suggesting for you to do, what is there in life that you could do without? What can I do without? Does this or that truly bring me joy, happiness, and fulfillment? And then look at the other ledger. What are the things that you can't do without? In the end, my hope is for all of us that the things that we can't do without are our family, is our faith, is our freedom, spiritually and physically, and the basic simple things of life that makes us tick. That's a challenge, isn't it? It is. That's a challenge for me, and that's a challenge for you. Christians, it's okay to chase your dream, but don't chase the wind. Because you'll never catch it, as a friend sent me a response to a, a message yesterday. And I responded back, I'm just going to use that. It'll be the shortest sermon I ever, I ever said. Obviously, I decided not to go that direction. Solomon realized the things that he could do without. And it took him, again, nearly a lifetime to figure out what it was that he really needed. Family and faith, I think, lead that group. I think that Solomon may have looked back in hindsight and maybe even wished that all those things that he had been blessed with, the things of the material world, do you think that maybe there was a part of him that wished that maybe he wouldn't have even ever got them to begin with? I put a, 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 a I don't want to say email, Facebook devotion out the other day. And what it, what it said was, be careful what you ask for. Because the things that we may want may not be what God wants. But there are times that he'll give us what we ask for. And I'm going to promise you something. There's going to be many times you're going to wish, and I'm going to wish, that I never would have asked for them to begin with. Because they became vanity. Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to enjoy life. I remember uh, our friend Danny Shaw one, uh, one day down at the Roseville One. He said, I hate seeing Christians that look like they've been weaned off a pickle. <laughs> Never forgot that. I, I think it was probably really kind of a funny statement. Okay, We're to enjoy life, aren't we? God wants us to enjoy life. God wants us to bless us. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be fulfilled. He wants us to have joy within the boundaries that he wants us to do it with it. Not how we necessarily want to do it in. But we're to have joy and fulfillment and happiness. As we're living out our lives, Christians, and as I'm hoping that each one of us will, will look at our lives here today and put them into those two categories, value and non-value. 
What makes me happy? What makes me fulfilled? What gives me joy? While we're doing that, I have several things I would like you to keep in mind while you're doing this. First, an old saying, only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. That can help us, can't it? Categorize things in a hurry. Remember this. Nothing that you nor I have is ours. What the Lord giveth, he can also take away. How about vanity? You know, pride cometh before the fall, doesn't it? Folks, money is not evil. Having material things in this world are not evil. I tell you, God wants us to be fulfilled and to live life and enjoy life. But you know what Jesus said? He said, it's the love of money and of the material things of this world is where the sin comes into your life. In a sense, was Jesus maybe saying the same things that I'm trying to relate today? Jesus telling the disciples, you need to categorize what's important and what's not important to you. And if the things of this world make you happy, then you need to do a real, real reevaluation of your life. How about store not up your treasures here on earth where moth and dust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal? But what are we supposed to do instead, Christian? Store up our treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt and where thieves cannot break through and steal. You want to, anyone ever heard of a man by the name of Napoleon Bonaparte? Anybody? Okay, a couple. Man, has it been that long, folks, since we had our history classes? <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte uh, was a dictator all right, he was the, he was the um, emperor of uh, French, uh, France. You know, he became a Christian, did you know that? In the final years, uh, maybe final days, I, don't, I can't tell you without going back and researching it. But I want to tell you something that he said, and he said this while he was in exile on the Isle of Helena. He said, Jesus seemed to have failed. But he succeeded. I seem to have succeeded, but ultimately lived a life of failure. That's pretty, pretty heavy, isn't it? What was he saying? Is that the world thought Jesus had failed when he was crucified and died on Calvary's cross. But ultimately he was resurrected from the dead and, and had the ultimate success. And he said, here I am. I have all the possessions of this world that I've ever desired. And I'm dying. And when I look back on my life, people in this world thought I was a success. I was a military strategist genius. But in the end, I failed. Well, he failed until he met Jesus. Let's put it that way. Like Solomon Napoleon Bonaparte, and so many 
people who walk this world, living on this earth and in this world, pursuing fame, riches, glory, and power. Yet after a life of these pursuits and running after their goals and chasing the wind, perhaps someday they have or someday they will understand that it was vanity. The family, faith, and freedom and the simple things of life is truly what should have made them have joy and fulfillment and happiness in their lives. And do you know what, folk? Every one of these people, too, they all had a common denominator. And they will have a common denominator. And it's called death. We have brought nothing into this world. And we assuredly will take nothing back out of it again. That's scriptural, folk. Right from God's word. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're doing it, stop chasing the wind. Understand what truly it is that brings you that joy, happiness, and peace. And it's not keeping up with the Joneses. It's not having everything in this world that you desire. It really isn't. It's your family. It's your faith and your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's your spiritual and physical freedom. And it's God meeting each and every one of our everyday simple needs in this life. Solomon came to the conclusion that the most meaningful thing in his life and the way that it should have been were those things that I just mentioned. He said... We should fear God and obey his words and his commandments. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4.18, So we fix our eyes not on the seen, but on the unseen. For that which is seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. Does that tie in? to the Holy Spirit's message this morning. Has directly tied in to it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let's always have an attitude of gratitude. Remember, it's okay to chase our dreams, but it's not okay to chase the wind. Because if we chase the wind, we're wasting our time. If we chase the wind, we're wasting God's time. If we chase the wind, we're stealing time from our family, from our friends, from our faith, from our physical and spiritual freedoms. Chasing the wind will be only and continue to be only that because you will never catch it. Solomon got a lot of things wrong in his life. But in the end, he finally got it. In the end, he got it all right. Because he realized what it was. 
that brought him joy, fulfillment, and happiness. And he realized that all the years that he had chased the wind, it had only brought him vanity and brought him depression and brought him anxiety and vexation of heart. He finally got it right. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if this is something that you or I are dealing with ourselves in our life, God's still giving us time to get it right. He's still giving us time to truly understand that the things of this world may bring us temporary contentment, joy and happiness and peace and fulfillment. But James wrote in his book, what is your life? It is but a vapor that quickly riseth and then it vanishes away. Family, friends, faith, freedom, and the simple things of life, let those things be that which brings us contentment and happiness. And chasing the wind will only bring us hurt and pain when it's all said and done. To my three graduates this morning, chase your dreams, chase them. They remember who you are, you're a Christian. You're a soldier of the cross. Don't chase the wind. Chase your dreams and trust in God. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That's the message today, folks. Chasing the wind or not. We'll adapt.